Good morning, Journey. How are you feeling today? Come on, we can do better than that. How are you feeling today? Hey, can we, before we go any further, can we celebrate sharing the gospel with 2,000 inmates? Come on, man, that's incredible. You guys are a big reason why that's happening. 2,000 inmates, that's incredible. Um, Hey, I'm super excited. If you don't know me, I'm the student pastor here, Tony Mess. I'm super excited for the opportunity to start our new series, The Perfect Fit. Uh, The first service was great. I'm so excited to talk to you about what I feel like God has placed on my heart. There is a lot of things good that's been happening here at Journey over the last six months. We have seen incredible growth. We are at the largest we have ever been as a church. That's incredible. Uh, That means we get, yeah, come on, that's great. Hey, that just means there's more people that we get the opportunity to serve. And so we're going to be going, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but we're going to be going to three services in November. And uh, you're going to be hearing about those times later on this month. We're really excited about all that God is doing here. Uh, the overview, if you will, the, the, the main idea for this series is you were created for a unique purpose a perfect fit, but finding that purpose isn't always easy. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. Uh, Before we do, by show of hands, how many of you know what an athletic cup is? Anybody? I know, real shift in the room. I apologize. So we're going somewhere with this. You know what it is. Do you know what a purpose of an athletic cup is? Yet don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. It'll be weird for everybody in this room. It'll be odd. Now, I don't know if you've ever Googled that, but they put out some weird stuff. And so I tried my best to come up kind of with my own definition of what an athletic cup is because it's challenging to describe uh, both in an accurate and an appropriate way, especially in church. So this is what I came up with. It's a triangular plastic cup that boys wear playing sports to prevent personal injuries. Can I get an amen, fellas? Yeah. Ladies, why are you amen? And that was weird. All right. It's important that I share that information with you. It's important that you understand the purpose of an athletic cup because of the story that I'm going to tell right now. Um, in 2000, I don't even know the date. I don't even know why I said that. I was young, 11, 12 years old. I was at another church, and uh, unfortunately, here in Alabama, in Enterprise, a tornado hit that city several years ago, and it did some horrific damage. And so I was at a church, just a teenager, and we decided, hey, we're going to load up as a church student ministry, and we're going to go down to that city, and we're going to help them collect their lives and, and really start over and rebuild And so about 30 to 40 teenagers and uh, uh, leaders and adults and their children, we jumped on a few vans and we headed down to Enterprise. And when we got there, it was tore apart. Unfortunately, lives were lost in that tornado. Um, But there was a gym there at that time, a school and a gym, and they wanted to house some of the people that lost their home in this gymnasium, in this this area. And so, but there was, you know, some of the doors were ripped off, some of the the, uh, shingles were missing. 
missing. Some of the roof was missing. So we went down there to help them. When we went to a church, we partnered with them, said, hey, what do you need from us? What, what do you need from us? And they said, well, we need to go fix this because this gym, because we want to house some of the people that's lost their homes until we're able to, to do something else with them. And so we said, all right, let's go. So we head to this gymnasium and it's this huge gymnasium and it's tore apart. And there is a locker room connected to this gymnasium. And there was this family who had like three kids and our oldest girl, her name is Annie. That's what we're going to go with now because I don't want to ruin her life after I finish this story here in a second. But Annie was just kind of a girl, just kind of did whatever. And so we're cleaning up this gymnasium and then Annie just disappears into the locker room, this dark room. And about 30 seconds later, she comes out with an athletic cup in her hand. And she's, Daddy, look, it's an oxygen mask. (laughs) And in slow motion, she puts this on her face and takes a deep breath in. (gasps) And we all threw up. We didn't throw up. We hosed her off with a fire hose. Like it was, we got some sandpaper and scraped her face. It was awful. That's terrible. It's a disgusting moment. That's why I call her Annie and not her real name. The reason why I tell that disgusting story is because it's important that you understand the purpose of something. Why? Why is it important that we understand the purpose of something? And this is kind of our foundation thought for the day. If you don't know something's purpose, you're likely going to abuse it. If you don't know something's purpose, you're likely going to abuse it. And that's why we have so many frustrated people in the world right now, including even in the church, because they don't know their purpose. They don't know their reason. They don't know their why, so why even bother? I bust my tail at work, and no one notices why, the, why I even bother. What's the bother? What's the reason for this? My marriage is having some rocky moments, and I'm trying, but my spouse is not trying. Why even? What's the purpose of this? I try to serve God, and I try to do good, but the world continues to dump on me every single day. What's the purpose of this? Why even bother? And so that's why we have entitled this thought or this message today, Find Your Purpose. Find Your Purpose. We're going to unpack that here for just, in just a few moments, but first let's pray. Um, God, we are so thankful and grateful that we get the opportunity to hear your word today. We're so grateful for everyone that is joining us in person and online. God, we know that as the word goes forth, it is life-changing, life-altering. God, we ask that we plant a seed, that you plant a seed in the hearts and minds of those here today as they are searching for their purpose, God, that they would find that purpose in a relationship with you, that they would recognize fulfillment and meaningfulness comes in a relationship with you, God. And we are called to serve your people. Uh, God, again, as we move forward, we pray for everyone in the room, everyone online, that their ears would be open, their mind would be ready to receive. In your name we pray, everyone said amen. So there's a really cool verse, a really powerful verse in the book of Acts. This is Luke writing in the book of Acts, and he's actually talking about King David in the Old Testament. Um, and if you don't know who King David is, maybe you remember his, hey, he's the little teenage boy that slayed Goliath. He's the one that was found when Saul, or Samuel was looking to anoint a king. He's the one that was taking care of the sheep. The, uh, the, he was taking care of the flock. So we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But Luke writes something in the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 36, and it's 
pretty important to the character of who David was. If you know who David was, he made some mistakes because he was a human being. But several hundred years later, Luke chooses to write this about David, and this is how he seems to be remembered in this moment. He said, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep, just a nice way of saying he died. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So after everything that we know about David, it seems that David served God's purpose in his own generation. What does this tell us about David? David must have found his purpose, his reason, his why. And he didn't serve his purpose, or the verse would have said he served his purpose. It says that David served God's own purpose, excuse me, God's purpose in his own generation. And I love purpose. It's important that we have a purpose as a people. In fact, Dr. Miles Monroe, a pastor, uh, he passed away several years ago, just a, 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 a wise man when it comes to theology and the gospel. He said this once. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. Why? Because we know that it's coming. Now, we think it's a tragedy when it gets to us too early or it gets to a family member too early, but it's not a tragedy because we know that it's coming. But a tragedy is to live your entire life and have no purpose. And as a people, we need a purpose. We need a reason that gets us up in the morning, something that drives us. We need something that keeps us moving forward, a meaning. That's why millions of people this year, last year, next year will gather at big cities around the world and they will march for a cause. Some good, some not so good. Why? Because they need a purpose. They need a reason for getting up in the morning. They need a reason why. They need a purpose. They need a purpose. But what we just read from David, it seems like, I don't know that he had it all figured out, but he decided... I'm not going to live for my purpose. I'm going to serve God's purpose in my own generation. And so I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about purpose. In fact, I I want to talk to you about the three principles of purpose. And I do believe that this is going to shape this entire series. Uh, Hey, we got to find our purpose as we move through our life. So here's the first thought that we want to give you this morning is this. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. It's not about you. It's not about me. And King David seemed to figure this out at some point, that it wasn't about him. It was about God. So here's the question. What is purpose? Purpose is the original intent. It's the original intent. It's the original why, it's the original reason. And there was a creator that created you and me with an original purpose and intent. But the challenge for you and I is that we often don't know what our purpose is. And when you don't know what your purpose is, you'll what? You'll likely abuse it. And this is where sin comes into play in our life. What is sin? And the purest definition, sin comes from the Greek word harmatia which is an archery term that means to miss the mark. So what is sin? It means to miss the purpose, abuse our purpose, violate our purpose. And this is the reason why so many people fall into sin, fall back into an old life, because they don't know their purpose. 
And they're looking for validation from a world that cannot really give it to them. And so they'll try new things. I'll try this job, that relationship, this vacation, this new experience, this new church. And we unintentionally reduce our life to an experiment. Because we need a purpose. And we look at all of these people around us that have the things that we think we want, and they are miserable. Miserable people. Because they have happiness that fades with the world. They think that they're living in their purpose. But it seems that they're so unhappy. People who are living for their own purpose. People who are popular seem to be miserable with no purpose. People who are powerful seem to hate life and have no purpose. People who are prosperous only for themselves seem depressed and have no purpose. Steve Jobs, one of the world's greatest minds, if you have an iPhone, you can thank him. If you have Apple Music, you can thank him. If you have a MacBook, you can thank him. One of the smartest people it seemed to ever walk the face of the earth. Towards the end of his life, he had billions of dollars and incredible influence. And yet, this is him saying this, quoted, I have everything I could ever want and accomplished more than I ever thought I could, and yet it all feels so meaningless. A man that changed the world. I'm not saying what he did was bad, but it seems for a man to feel that way, he wasn't living in his purpose. And what he got out of it was money, influence, and happiness, but all of that what fades when he fades. All of that fades when the world fades. But when you and I serve the purpose that God has placed in us, and we serve God's purpose, what do we get? In return, we get peace and joy and fulfillment that surpasses all understanding. That people can't figure out why we're so happy and why we're so filled with joy when everything around us is falling apart because we're living out God's purpose. It's not about me. It's about him. We have to understand that we were created for heaven but often live for the world, searching for something it cannot give us. And so your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. Here's the next one. You don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. You ever hear someone say, I'm just trying to find my purpose? We don't find our purpose. We serve God's purpose. We don't find our purpose, we serve God's purpose. When you look at David in the Old Testament, he wasn't pursuing his dreams. He wasn't marking off a bucket list. He was serving God's purpose. In fact, let me give you a few examples. In the Old Testament, when the prophet Samuel was looking for the one that would be anointed king, the next king, by the direction of God, he finds himself at the house of Jesse. Jesse just so happens to be the father of David. And when Samuel says, here's why I'm here, I'm looking for the next king, what does he do? He has eight sons. So he takes one son, the best, the strongest, the oldest, the smartest. Here's your next king. Samuel goes, that is not the next king. Well, what about the next one? Here's the next one. No. Here, here's another one. No. None of these are going to be king. Where do you think Samuel found David when he anointed him as king? I'll tell you where he didn't find him. He wasn't trying to build his own resume. He wasn't trying to get noticed. He wasn't strategizing about expanding his brand. He wasn't trying to get discovered. He was 
taking care of sheep. He was taking care of sheep in Psalm 78. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. David was not seeking a position. He was serving a purpose. Where was David when God called him? He was serving in his purpose. He was doing what his father told him to do. He was serving faithfully. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see David again as a teenager. And there's this giant Goliath and his army is sweeping the land, destroying everything in its path. The Bible says that Goliath was a champion. And that day, you couldn't be 28 and 1 and still be a champion. If you lost, you died. He didn't lose. And he was standing on one side of this valley as the Israelite army is standing on the other. And he would walk out day in and day out. And he would, he would yell and taunt, send out your best. I'll kill them and then I'll feed your bodies to the birds. I'll make you slaves. Taunting them day in and day out. And where was David? David was doing what his father told him to do. He was taking lunch to his brothers who were on the front line. He was faithfully serving. Why would he choose David? It's not the strongest. It's not the biggest. It's not the oldest. not the smartest, evidently. But where was he when God called him? He was living out his purpose. He was faithfully serving. And so we have to understand that our purpose, your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is God's purpose. You don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. And so the question is, how do we do that? Like, how am I supposed to serve God's purpose? I don't, how am I supposed to serve God's purpose? I'm, I'm searching for that now. I'm having difficulty right now with that. Here's the third principle. If you want to serve God's purpose, start by serving God's people. If you want to start, if you want to serve God, you got to start by serving his people. Now, some of you may be thinking, that is lame. I was expecting bigger because God's big, right? Like, I, I, entrepreneur, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make six figures. I'm going to do something bigger than this. Come on, man. Serve God's people. People suck. What are you talking about? I don't want to serve them. Have you been around them? But if you want me to serve in God's purpose and live in that purpose, I'm supposed to serve his people? This sounds so lame. This sounds so boring. But it is never lame to love. That was Jesus' purpose. He was living out the Father's purpose when he came to this earth, lived a blameless life, died on a cross, buried, resurrected, and in a relationship with him, we find our what? Purpose. Mark chapter 10. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as ransom for many. It is never lame to love. It's never lame to love. We have to understand that we are not called to seek a platform, power, or position. We are called to serve people. 
It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about the Father. It's about using what he has placed inside of us for other people. And the question is, well, how do I do that? Well, let's get creative. If you know someone in your family, at work, in this church body that is sick, then maybe you're going to get groceries and you're going to take them to the house for the week. Maybe you're going to cut their grass. Maybe you know a single mother who has three children and need your help. And you go, hey, I I know you have to work late. I'm going to pick the kids up this week. And if you need my help, whatever you need, I can get them from football practice because I got time. And I'm going to get my kids anyhow. So I'll do that. I want to serve you. Maybe there's a family in the church body or outside the four walls of this church that is struggling financially. You go, hey, listen, I'm going to buy them dinner for the next two weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to invite them into our house and we're going to make dinner for them. Maybe there's a coworker that's struggling through a divorce and you're going to write them a note and you're going to stick it on their car and you're going to encourage them and let them know that God loves them. We talked about this early, earlier this, uh, this morning. We're launching three services for Journey Church on November the 5th. And we would love to partner with you and your family as we step into this new milestone. And if you are not serving the church body or serving outside of these four walls, there's no time better than now to start. Because there's a gift inside of you. And if you're just sitting there doing nothing with it, it's a problem. We are called to serve God's people. We are called to serve God's people. And listen, we've created a connect class. This happens, connect and serve happens on the second and fourth Sunday every single month. In the connect class, you're going to learn about journey and how you are the perfect fit for journey. Oh, and then on the 24th, we're going to go through the serve class and you can learn where you're going to serve. You need to sign up and be a part of these. Do not walk past the connection point or, hey, you know, mess up online or what, hey, I'm looking online. Maybe I should sign up. Sign up. Let's be a part of what's happening here. Let's do something to affect the culture outside of the four walls of our church. Maybe you're thinking, hey, you know, I've been thinking for two years that I should be a life group leader. And I am really excited personally about what Pastor Jeremiah and his team is doing for Journey Church. Uh, I believe this is going to be the largest life group season we have ever had in the history of our church. And guess what? On September the 17th, rally day is going to be happening. So sign up for a life group. But if you're thinking of leading one, lead one. What are we waiting on? Well, I got to pray for two more months. No, you don't. If it's on your heart, God's telling you to do it. Jump in. This is our purpose. Now, you may be thinking, hey, I just don't, I don't know where I fit in here at Journey. Great. That's our job as pastors and leaders to partner with you and your family to help you find your perfect fit here at Journey to find where you play a part in the church body. And if you're here today and you say this is your home church, you are the perfect fit for what is happening in this church body and in this community. We're doing this for one more person. And this is what I truly believe. I believe the most fulfilling and joy-filled moment you will ever experience is when you do something for someone else. It can't always be about us. We need to make it about other people. This is our purpose. This is our goal. This is our vision to make the difference in the life of just one more person. 
We want to make heaven crowded. And I am the product of a church family that believed in the vision, believed in loving the body, believed in loving people, God's people, serving in that purpose and serving people. My father was a drug addict 30 years ago and there was a Christian man that would crawl into the window of our house three times a day giving him a meal because my dad was all alone. My mother had taken us, me, my sister, my brother away from him because he's living in a life of addiction, ruining everything. He's living in a home with no power, no water, full of trash. And this man would crawl in and give him dinner and tell him about Jesus. And then on a Sunday morning, my dad went to church with him and gave his life to Jesus. And listen to me. Listen to me. I'm a product of a church body that loved that dirty, sin-filled man. And 30 years later, I'm standing on a stage telling you about Jesus. You can have a generational impact, but it ain't going to happen if you keep sitting there. There's people that need your testimony and need your gift that God has empowered you with. Do something with it. Time is getting short. Stop thinking about it. Let's go. There are people hurting in our church now and at your job and in your family and they are counting on you to share with them Jesus. This is our purpose and it is taking care of God's sheep and I am so grateful out of 8 billion people he has chose to place us here in the river region and has entrusted us with his people. And we're not going to three services just to say we can. We're doing it to make room for one more. So get on board. Because I'm so excited. Our teams are so excited. You can do this. And we're here to do it with you. You're not going to do it alone. And let me also say this. Just to be clear. It is our purpose. It is our purpose to serve God's people. It is also a command. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them these new commandments. You are called and commanded to go do that. We do that through loving them, and we do that through serving them and encouraging them and teaching them through our actions and through our words. The creator of the universe has invited you and I to partner with him in kingdom work. And he has equipped you with the tool, the perfect fit to make it happen and to accomplish that goal. It is time to put hand to plow, Journey. And one last thought. This is not in your notes, but I encourage you to write it down. I added it last night when I was praying in my living room. You will only find your true purpose in a working relationship with Jesus. In a working relationship with Jesus. It's got to be moving and it's got to be growing. You got to be doing something with it. You have a gift. Stop hiding it from everybody. 
You get to go do this. You get to go tell others about Jesus. You get to go serve other people. We get to do this. And the God of everything has decided to point you out and say, I want to use you to accomplish my goals. I want to use you to serve my people. That is our purpose. That is our purpose. You encounter a bob nest every day. That's my dad. Every day you encounter a bob nest. And I do it too. I walk past them and I don't think about it and I'm moving on and I'm moving on to the next thing, but I'm I'm here because someone loved him. And I'm here because Jesus set him free. And I, I know you're here because someone loved you. And we're here because we know a Savior named Jesus who lived out his purpose here on earth and was killed and hung on a cross. And he was buried. And that's not where it stopped. Because he was resurrected from that grave to fulfill the purpose of why he was here. And in a relationship, you get a new life and a new purpose. And that purpose is to tell everybody else about what he's done for you. Because there's a young child that 30 years from now you may be affecting. There's something you may be doing in that moment you have no clue is ever going to happen because we know that when the word goes forth, it does not return void. And you may be planting a seed that is changing the life of an entire family. And we need your help. We want your help. And we are so excited because we believe you're the perfect fit for what's happening here at this church. Take it seriously. Look at it as an obligation. You can see it as an opportunity, but we are obligated by the Father. If I know Jesus, I got to go tell somebody. I got to do something. I got to be excited. And see, I find my joy and my peace and my passion and my fulfillment in Him because that doesn't fade. It surpasses all understanding, church. That's incredible. No one else in the world, no other religion has that. We have a true God who loves us and has empowered us to do more than we could ever imagine as a church body, as a follower of Christ. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in this place and you say, hey, you're watching online, type it in the chat. Hey, I, I know Jesus, but I don't know that I've ever accepted a relationship with him. I don't know that I've ever given my life to him. And I want to make that very clear that you need a relationship with Jesus if we're going to serve his purpose, if we're going to serve his people, it starts in a relationship with him. If you're going to have a working relationship with him, it has to start somewhere first. And so if you're in the room, if you're watching online, you say, hey, I need that. I need Jesus. I need a relationship with him. And I'm not really sure that I have that, but I want to be very clear today and make that stand and remember the day that my life was changed forever. And it could be today, whether you're online or in person, if that's you, can you just do me a favor where you are? Can you raise your hand and recognize, hey, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Raise it as high as you can get it in the air. It's just me and you. 
Father, I'm again grateful for your word. I'm so thankful, God, for your challenge and your gospel, how it affects our hearts and minds. I'm praying as we celebrate in this moment, God, that we recognize that you've empowered us to do more than we ever could imagine. And so, God, we're so thankful for the opportunity to serve and partner with you in kingdom work. And as we jump into this song, if there's anybody in this room that needs prayer, needs a a team of people to, to pray with you and talk with you, there is a team ready to receive you at the front of our worship center right here at our stage. God, we're grateful for you. Can we just stand across the room? Can we worship a God who has given us and called us into purpose? Come on, let's do that now.